from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. It's hour number three of the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live out here at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays for Lori's Hall. Lori Hall's uh, Hooked on Hope uh, Sporting Clays event that's happening out here today. Everybody's getting ready to go because I think they're hitting the hitting the bushes in about uh, 40 minutes or so. I think it starts at 9, right? Starts at 9, right, Bill? Or started? Or, or, what, what, what? It what, is what? 9. Is it 9? It is 9 o'clock. Oh, that's why the carts are, everybody's Hello. loading up. They're getting ready to go. Third hour. Is it starting now? <laughs> hey. Is it starting up? Yeah, hey. don't you hear, hear the little pops in the background? Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't see anybody bugging out. I don't think that's our, this group. Well, uh, a little bit later on, we're going to uh, talk, I think, in about 12 minutes or so. We're going to talk to Mr. Henderson out at uh, Henderson Cattle Ranch. We're going to do uh, run the interview that we did with him, and uh, he was a great guy that we spoke to about some of the things that are going on in the cattle industry these days. And, you know, I, as as hunters and guys who are out in the woods, you know, we like to have a freezer full of meat. And on the other side of it, uh, there's the beef part of it. It's sometimes not so easy. And as we were talking about with Jeremy, with, with ammo getting as tough as it is, it's getting tougher to get a lot of quality beef anymore in a lot of places. I, I not, I'm not, for, not for a lack of cows being in the world. Exactly. But the problem is is that a lot of cow guys are having to take things to market early, and they're losing a ton of money. But the cool part, when we get to the interview, you know, we can get our own cow, though. Yeah, we I guess. We can talk to him about that. So We can get our own cow. So I think uh, we should all we put together get, a big and wild fund, and let's fill the big and wild freezers. Jeremy, are you in on this? Are you, you going to do that? We're going to get, gonna get, get a whole cow from Mr. Henderson. What do you think? I'm down for it. Yeah, it'll be, uh, where's he at? Nebraska, Kansas? Kansas. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Was it Mer- Mer- Meriden? Meriden, Kansas? Meredith. I don't. Because it's not Mer- Meridian. We said Meridian. He's like, no, I think it's Meriden, Kansas. No, nah, it's, it's we're, we're from the south. You know what? You know what? Here's what's funny. What was the name of the Seminole Indian chief in the state of Florida? Chief Osceola. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Osceola. Yeah. You know how they pronounce it in Missouri? Osceola. Osceola. <laughs> and I said, you know, you guys are saying that wrong. And they're like, no, we're not. No, it's Osceola County. I go, dude, I I'm like from the dang state where he's same. actually from. <laughs> yeah, hello. It's like, it's, it's like saying Bill and Bile. It's Bile. two different things. Now, to shift gears right now, if this is all getting underway, and, of course, we need to talk to these ladies before we go because – they're all going to be out running around like chickens with their heads cut off, running around doing crazy things. As you may have met before in the past at the fishing tournament and other sporty clays events, and anywhere else that you find Lori Hall, you will find Sister Mary. Good morning. Then Good there morning. she Hi, is. The, the other crazy butterfly that runs around here like a crazy woman. <laughs> the one that's moving around, moving and grooving right now. How are you doing? Are I'm, you okay? I'm fabulous. I'm trying to keep up with captain Lori hall it's are, not easy are you staying warm yes i actually had to go put pants on it was starting to get you, a little chilly you're very fetching in the camo all right ladies let me ask you a question oh, here we Wait, go hold on hold amazing. on <laughs> ca- he has clashing on camo who cares right classy gonna- chic love it <laughs> thank you this woman That's i know right. dang it look over there in those bushes do you not see palmettos up against the other things and pine trees they all look different so it's not like it's anything different i look at i look even more camo-y 
I can't even see you right now. I can't find you. Where are you at? <laughs> I like that one you got on. Where did you get them? The Me nice and Brooksy? Look, we're, we're matching. Me and Brooksy matched oh, today. Oh, matching. Where did what? you get that? I like that jacket. Whose is that? Who makes that? Do you Wal Martians. Know? Oh, really? Wal And <laughs> breast cancer. Breast cancer is not going to keep that girl down. Nope, the same. not at all. That's now, right. Now, now, wait a minute. Now, Mary, I, I, I know that you're always uh, always in these events, and you always do great things, you know, and you and Mary cahooting together. But now these two young ladies here, who are these guys? We have the, the, the beautiful lady that you hear right now is Amy. Hi, Hi everybody. Amy. Hi. How are you? And the, nice you, to meet you. The beautiful lady sitting next to her is April. Hello. Hi, April. And How are you? I'm great. And these two ladies are the faces of what the money that Hooked on Hope brings in. Right. We are currently, uh, we just finished paying April's household bills for about three months, period. Awesome. And we're, and that included rent, utilities, right? Very Walmart cool. gift cards for yes. food. Yes. And then for Miss Amy, we are currently in the process of paying three months of her rent so that she can focus on her chemotherapy, her treatments, and not worry about having to go out to work right now because uh, she's immunocompromised because mm -hmm. she's on chemotherapy. Right. Well, now, I think that we, we talked about this uh, about a week or so ago or two weeks ago when we were talking about being out here, uh, trying to describe what Hooked on Hope actually does for, for women and ladies out there that are going through this whole crappy ordeal seriously that um, you guys are there to cover the things that as we explained insurance does not cover absolutely the co-pays so right. sometimes when you go into for your chemo every two weeks or your radiation once a day for five weeks every time you walk in the door well that'll be forty dollars please that'll be seventy five dollars please right miss april um when every time you go into florida cancer specialist they're like that'll be seventy dollars, please. Yeah. Oh, so we know. We all we've all been there. We've all had to walk through there. But for you guys, it's not just the copays, but as you pointed out, house payments, insurance payments, uh, uh, paying the electric bill, things like that. Insurance don't cover none of that. No, and no. you know what? As we've talked about before, hooked on hope, um, serving all Tampa Bay communities. We're one of the only small nonprofit organizations that actually pay for what we call treatment support. Yeah. So you might you get money for research dollars and education dollars and mammogram dollars, but we actually pay for household living expenses so breast cancer patients like Amy and April do not have to worry about their lights being turned off. You well, guys I know. Absolutely amazing. While they're taking chemotherapy. So yeah. amazing. It, it's a, uh, and it's one of those things where it also gives you, I, uh, April, you can tell me, can you get that mic a little closer in your face there? But but it, it takes a little of the burden and the worry off of it so you can concentrate on getting healthy again, right? So you're not having to go, crap, I got a stack of bills here yes, I got to go yes, through. Yes. And I know with Lori and, and Mary and all the other support that you guys have around you, They'll take care of all that, and you just get your butt down That's there and right. get healthy. Exactly. And I think, will you ladies agree? I wish agree? there were more people that would do that kind of crap. Do sure. we? Do you think the application, we try to make the application process very simple when we put it online. Did you simple. find it to very be simple. Yes. at www.hookedonhope.org? I think that the application is really basically pretty simple. Yes, it's very simple. And very. we do not, one of the things that we do not do is we do not follow federal poverty guidelines. So if you were to apply for funding with a larger organization, 
um, you would have to meet federal poverty That's guidelines. crazy. Yes. We Correct. do not. We do not implement that. We look cancer at, doesn't know how much money you make. They it don't. Doesn't, it doesn't, it care. doesn't care. It's ridiculous. Doesn't care. Like, I can't even draw unemployment because I can't actively look for work. So they will not. Re, they will not make me eligible. So that is one of the reasons why Hooked on Hope is so awesome and helping the way that they do because it takes a lot of stress off of us. And for the ones that are, you know, deemed we need unemployment and should get it and we're not that's crazy so so, but if you had covid you'd be uh set for life yeah, yeah. making 900 yeah. a week right with, that's with crap. federal and, and yeah, so we review our applications very quickly usually we turn them around within about 72 hours and very by fast. the time your unemployment yes. applications in the computer i've already written a rent check for well you. the yes. good thing about it is events like this with the hooked on hope and what you and Lori and everybody put on with the fishing tournament and uh, the golf chili tournament. golf tournament yep. and everything else that you guys do, all that money raised uh, all goes to this. That's what this is about. This is not just a bunch of crazy dudes and women out here just shooting well, that up too. in the sky. That too. But, I mean, it gives you a reason to come out <laughs> yep. and do it. But the real reason behind it is the, the, the ladies that are sitting here at this table, and I, and I hate to say this, but I think sometimes, sometimes people don't get to see the faces of the people exactly. that it affects. And Look, when you get to come out to an event that Lori puts on, you get to meet great folks like you. Exactly. And, and see what it's done and, and the changes that it's made in your life. And it's amazing. It Wonderful really is. changes. And, you know, as crazy as Lori is, seriously. Love her. She, <laughs> she, hey, she I does taught her everything things. she knows. I, and, <laughs> you well, better believe it. Well, yeah. yeah I, and I know. But I'm just saying that as as, as nutty as you think she might be and as fast as she moves she gets stuff done and it's for a reason absolutely and she's got a heart of gold absolutely yeah but i know that how are you guys doing are you getting healthy is everything all good i mean what direction are you guys going what are they i mean i don't want to pry but is it all good i completed my first round of chemo went from april 12th to july 26th and then i went into radiation for six solid weeks and right. i just got out of radiation i'm three weeks out of that I still have seven more rounds of chemo once every three weeks, and then I go in probably about six, seven months from now. Um, I have spacers put in, and then I'll go for reconstruction in about eight months from now. Well, you know, I, don't, I know a lot of people don't know what you're talking about, but I have friends, girlfriends, friends, not girlfriend, yeah. girlfriends, but yeah. friends of mine that have gone through this, and at a very young age for a couple of yeah. them, actually. Look how young she is. And, and chemo is definitely a demon, and chemo affects people and everybody differently and um it is just very horrible i don't know how to explain it to you amy um, how old are you i'm 44 i'll be 45 in and a. you were state what stage stage three it was yeah. in uh invasive ductal carcinoma stage three her two negative triple positive breast well cancer. you know I, I i'm a little closer to it than a lot of people are having friends who've gone through it and then having an ex-wife who was also a, a uh, an oncologist uh, intravenous person who had to just had to do all that stuff, you know, had to put the needle in and go through all the chemo and all that stuff and be there with patients. It's it's not a fun thing. No, no, it's not fun. No. Well, how are you doing, April? Are you getting on there? Are you gonna go out here and shoot and make noise today, or are you just gonna mess around, and wait for the food to show up? I'm just What's going, going on? Just that's right. Wait for the shoot. That's shoot. right. We're gonna ride around and take pictures of everybody. Is that shoot. what you're gonna do? That's yes. right. You're gonna Why? go out and go four wheeling? Yes. Yeah. That's I awesome. had cancer in 2015. Yeah. I beat it 2016. It came back as metastatic last year. Right. So right now I'm going through, I'm taking my eye brands and I get two injections, two, three injections a month. And my blood marker was at a 74 last year, May. 
my doctor wanted at a 37 to know that everything is going fine. I'm right. at a 31 right now. You know, and when awesome. you, and to hear you mm, hear you amazing. two ladies talk, I, I know this is a personal thing, but if you think about this in dollars, everything that you just said, everything that you just mentioned, everything that your doctor told you, cost money. That's and right. I mean big money. Yes. And when it comes to that, especially cancer, it, every word out of your mouth that you just came out with the spacers and the expanders and everything else like that, that crap ain't free. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Healthcare and, is not free. And, no. and, and no. the thing is, is when you're worried about that side of it, Hooked on Hope worries about the other side of it. And, and that's, that's where they come in as a miracle. I'm I mean, telling an you. Because there's, there's a lot of our um, ladies that, you know, maybe they, they do not have health insurance or they don't have vacation time or sick time built up or they're a server or they work in wherever they work and if they leave for a couple of weeks or a couple of months to take chemo and get no paycheck exactly those those applications we elevate and we and we immediately well, we get bills paid. i'm just i'm just saying events like this if you've never been to one of these and Lori's, uh she's pretty darn determined to make sure that the fishing tournament goes on this year <laughs> and, <laughs> and all this it other will. stuff so if you can't get out here for this Go to hookedonhope.org and go and check it out. You can make donations there if you want to, or you can look at the calendar of events or things that are coming up. If you want, if you're a golfer and you like to go hit the little bowl in hand, you go out there and do that. I mean, you can go do that, or you can wait and go the, do the Sporting Clays event again and anything else that she's got going on. I mean, I'm, she just may come out to be a part of it in yeah, general. Yeah, exactly. Well, ladies, thank great you health so on much all for of you. having us. We uh, really appreciate so it. Uh, the golf carts are leaving, and they're going to leave you behind. I know these uh, men. We will go thank get you one, guys. Don't you worry. And I'm glad you're getting healthy. That's a good thank thing. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure meeting both of you. Mary, I'll see you soon. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends at Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Hang on, guys. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting live this morning out here at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. We're so glad that you stuck out with us and hung out on this nice chilly, chilly morning. Of course, I'm Braden Gunn, Vince Noble, Bill George, and Slake back at the studio hanging out. But on the phones this morning, we got a little special guest that we've been waiting a whole week to talk to, and that's uh, Mr. Dirk Henderson. And if you may not know who he is, but he's with the Henderson Ranch out there in uh, Meridian, Kansas, I think is where it is, out in Meridian, Kansas. Am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I'm excited to talk to him because we had the conversation on the show last week right. about the cattle and the pricing. and yeah. yeah, It's just ridiculous how the ranchers and the farmers are getting kind of screwed over. Yeah, you got me all mad. So we got the, uh, the king himself <laughs> on the phone. We got Mr. Dirk Henderson on the phone. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning. I appreciate you having me on here. I'm doing good. Yeah, everything's going okay out there today? It's a beautiful day? Yeah, it's going all right. It's uh, it's uh, January, so it's a little chilly this time of year, but it's going all right. How about you guys down there in the south? It's freezing. It's it, like fifty something <laughs> degrees. Yeah, it's and, forty-four. Uh, we're freezing. Yeah, we're we're dying down here slowly. But uh, have you, did you get any of that snow from that front that pushed through down into Iowa at all? Uh, yeah, we got we got a little bit. It's it's starting to melt off now. It's pretty clear now. But oh. We did get a couple inches, three about three or three or four inches. Well, that's not too bad. Uh, we, we have a cam set up on our webpage so that we, uh, as Floridians, can sit down here and actually watch deer in snow up there in uh, in Iowa so that we uh, we know when you guys are getting snow, <laughs> they're getting snow. It's so, so addictive. It, it's, it's really addictive. But as a cattle guy, I'm sure you don't care because you're like, 
man, I see these dang creatures all day, every day. I don't need to see any more. But yeah, uh, they got they got to eat. Doesn't matter if it's hot or cold, they got to eat. That is true. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the last show, but uh, Vince is the one who actually brought it to our attention. But we actually talked about this before. I think COVID really got nutsy uh, uh, during the toilet paper shortage of uh, 2021. But 2020. Uh, 2020. 2020, yeah. And uh, we warned our listeners back then that the beef industry, the pork industry, the chicken, the poultry industry, we're all going to be feeling the pinch. And I think for all of them, I think the ones who are most hardest hit are you guys, the beef producers. Am I wrong on that or am I right? No, well, the thing is that it's, it's been a bad deal for 50 years in the beef industry. This has been going on for a long, long time to where the, the producers can barely make a living feeding these cattle and raising these animals. And the guys that the packing houses uh, basically take all the profits, like all the profits. Yeah, um, that's sad. We feed, we're a small operation. I've got one full-time hand here um, plus a couple of part-time hands and myself. We feed around, when we're full, we feed around 800 head of, of cattle. We bring them in at 600 pounds, and we finish them out till they, they're finished at about 1,400 pounds. And uh, if we can bring a set of cattle through here, and if I can make enough money to pay for my fuel and my feed and pay these guys that work for me and break even, that's a success, and that wow. doesn't happen very often. That's well, crazy. You know, uh, getting ready for this uh, this chat with you, I was talking to some of my cattle buddies out in Plant City, Florida, and uh, a lot of those guys, Newsom's and all those people who, who raise a lot of cattle, still do here in the state of Florida. You know, as you may know, we used to be the number one cattle producing state in the country. <laughs> and then we became number two after Texas. But um, I was talking to him and he said, you know, there are no more. There's there's I don't even think there's any houses packing or, or uh, processing houses left in the state of Florida on a large scale. There are some smaller ones, but not any large-scale ones anymore, so those cattle have to be shipped out uh, out to Cargill or whoever else is doing it. I think Arcadia is like the biggest one, and it's not that big. No, it's not. And, and Yeah, uh, there, there's four major packing houses. It's JBS, National, uh, Cargill, and Tyson. That's the big ones. And they, I think they capture 85% of the market or somewhere wow. around that range. And basically what happened, well, going back to my, st- my statement earlier, it's, it's, this has been a bad industry to be in. If you, want to, if you want to make money, it's not a great industry to be in. It's been that way for a long time. But when COVID hit, that's when that video that you guys are referring to that I put on Facebook, for those listening, they can go to Facebook and type in Henderson Ranch and they can go find that video. But I, I got mad. You know, I just got upset about it because what was happening is COVID hit and the packing houses started reducing what they're paying me for my for my cattle and charging you a ton more at you know off the shelf or they're charging the supermarkets a ton more and so you guys you know the, the, the consumers are buying it they're at a super high extremely high price but the guys doing the majority of the work like me are i'm literally not making any money on the cattle yeah now let me and, ask let me ask you this like per i did some research and i don't know how correct it was but per cattle per cow that's on your ranch it costs what roughly between nine hundred to fourteen hundred dollars throughout the year to keep that animal alive. Well, it costs. It, it, it depends on. It depends on a lot of variables, but on average, it's over three dollars a day to feed one of these animals. Wow. So, you know, when when I put that post on there, a lot of people were saying, "Well, just if you're not happy with the price that the packing houses are are offering, you don't sell it to them." 
Okay, that's great. So what do I do with an 800 head of fat steers? Keep, you <laughs> got to keep feeding them. Yeah. yeah, I can't keep feeding them and dumping $3 a day into them because they don't get – once a cow – once a steer's finished, he's, he's finished. You, you can't keep feeding that animal, and he's, he's not going to continue to gain in value or uh, he's not going to gain he's, – he's just going to gain more fat and it's going to be more waste. And actually what the packing houses do if you feed them too long – if I send them cattle that are too fat, they dock that. They dock me for that. Because they so got to trim all that off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they got to trim it, and they dock me. They dock me for a, a carcass that's over a thousand fifty pounds. And so, for all these people that are listening, saying, "Well, if you don't like the price or often you don't sell them," well, explain to me what to do with them then, because yeah. I can't. You know, it's either keep feeding them and lose money, or sell them at a, at a at a loss. That's yeah. my option. I was gonna. I I, I equate this because my my ex wife, her family is all from Iowa, and whenever the corn prices are not doing what they would like them to do, well, they have these things called silos, and they just load up the silos and they wait till it gets up to eleven dollars a bushel, and then they release it. Yeah, but you can't do that with cattle. You can't do that with <laughs> no. cows because you don't well, have to you feed can, corn. You can do that. You can do that with cattle, but then you got a silo full of dead cattle. So not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, they, and they don't sell for nothing. And when they do that, uh, I'm sure some fast food guy will probably buy it from me. But anyway, uh, I know that it's a difficult thing for a lot of people, and they keep wondering why their beef prices keep going higher and higher and higher. But yet, as with anything, the guy who starts the fight is the one who's usually the biggest loser. I had an uncle who was a milk producer up in Wisconsin for uh, about 40 years before he passed away. Them cows literally killed him milking them four times a day, and he wouldn't make a jack on a gallon of milk. I mean, if he made 35 cents or 50 cents off of a gallon of milk, he was in the money. Wow, which is crazy that is that is yeah. crazy what, what i what i decided to do my wife and i sat down when this when the covid hit there in 2020 and uh, it was a big fear that we weren't even going to be able to send any cattle to the packing houses because the packing houses were getting their employees were getting sick and they were shutting down the packing house and they wouldn't even take any cattle so but anyway so what we started to do at that time is we've always sold beef here locally to our neighbors and you know our our local um people around here but I started a campaign on Facebook doing a lot of videos explaining uh, how you can buy local from your local farmers and ranchers. So exactly. there's, there's, there's going to be farmers and ranchers close to a lot of people in this country that you can buy direct from them. And they'll, what, what I do is I, is I sell beef. So I, I started selling a lot more beef locally. Uh, instead of selling one or two a month, uh, when it got real tough, uh, when COVID first hit, I was selling eight or ten full steers every week. And I take those to a local pack, a local uh, meat locker that uh, they will process it and cut it up the way you want, and then I, and then you fill your freezer with beef, and you got beef all year long. Nice. And that and so the consumer, like you guys, would end up with one. It's better tasting beef because you, you know where it's coming from, and it's just a better tasting product. You go to the supermarket and you buy a, a steak off the shelf. And you don't know where that animal was raised, how it was handled, what you know, what was put into it. You don't know anything about it. So, what and, would it take for us to, <laughs> to to buy from you here in Florida? Because now, now you've got my interest peaked. Well, I've got I I've, I've got a guy that's come up three times from Los Angeles. He flies in on a on a Southwest Airlines plane. I I take the beef to the airport in coolers, and I put it on a Southwest freight uh, plane, and he flies it back home, and he he's bought in. Uh, three times from me now in the last year and a half. Nice. It's the best beef he's ever had. And right. uh, that's what he, that's, you know, there's guys that, that 
that's the only customer I have that's actually flying. And I know he's he's spending an extra seventy, uh, about one hundred and fifty bucks on the coolers that I have to put it in, and plus his. He works for Southwest, so he gets a discounted rate, so that's how he's able to make it work. But, um, you know, we, we, we've shipped it all over the place. I've that's had people nice. come from all different states. Uh, to, I think, boys, we might it. have to put some money together and uh, get ourselves a cow. I, I told you uh, two, a guy. Clayton's a big guy. We're going to need two cows. Yeah, yeah I, need, I need at least two cows. But we had a guy who used to work here at the radio station, Jeffrey Scott, who uh, headed off to Missouri to raise cattle. And before he did it, that's the way he was doing it. He was pre-selling his cow to customers that would divide it up or they would come up. You know, everybody in the room chips in 200 bucks, 200 bucks, 200 bucks. And then, oh, I'm in. And then when he was done with it, he'd go have them butchered and have your steaks and everything cut the way you wanted. And then he would load a bunch of uh, deep freezers in the back of his cattle uh, trailer, put a generator on the front of it, and go and deliver everything and made 10 times more money doing it that way than taking it down to the dang processors. Uh, when yeah, they were taking and, everything. and I, I've got another customer in, in uh, Arizona that uh, he's came up, and I, I think he rents a, a, a reefer truck or, I don't know, some sort of truck with a, a cooler on it. But he, he bought 10 whole beefs from me, drove it all the way to Arizona, and it had all of it sold before he ever got there. And, and he, he marked it up, obviously, to make a profit on it. I'm just trying to make enough where I can make a small profit on it. I'm good with that. And he's and he's able to mark it up, drive across the country, rent a van, and still sell it to people cheaper than what you can go buy it on the shelf for. That's awesome. So. Well, hey, hey uh, Mr. Anderson, can you hang on for us? we got to take a break. All right, we'll talk to you more right after we get out from the break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting live from Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. We're talking with Mr. Dirk Henderson of, of Henderson Ranch. We're going to continue it when we come back. Hang on. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Drums. You gotta wait for the drums. All right, here we go. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting live out here from Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. Everybody's getting ready to go out and hit the uh, on the links. You might hear some gunshots in the background. Don't be afraid. It's all good. They're just shooting at things flying through the sky. Vince, of course, is here with me. Bill George slicks back at the studio. We're all nope. here bundled up. It's a little chilly this morning. I ain't going to lie, fellas. Kind of stay warm out here in the great it's outdoors. It's beautiful here. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But uh, it's beautiful also out in Meridian, Kansas, and we're continuing our conversation with Mr. Dirk Henderson of the Henderson Ranch. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the cattle industry. And, you know, I know this doesn't sound too outdoorsy when it comes to the show, but Every guy who goes out and relevant, slings though. slings arrows or bullets or anything else at deer, I'm guarantee you half the other side of that freezer is filled with beef and pork. So this is something that affects everybody, not just um, just hunters and fishermen and everybody else. So, uh, Mr. Henderson, of course, before we went to the break, we were talking about the industry, and I know that there were some big cattle producers that were there were rumors floating around that they were going to try to pool a bunch of money together and start building their own processing center do you know where that might be happening is it up in kansas or somewhere or? well i don't know the specifics on it i know that there's a movement going up in uh, nebraska there are there are several smaller packing houses when i say smaller i'm still talking big i'm not talking like little you know mom and pop deals uh there's one over in in missouri that a, a friend of mine has started up uh i wish i could remember the name off the top of my head but what he's focused on is basically specializing in beef raised in Missouri. It's got to be 
source verified beef raised in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I guess Chummy Beef I might be the name of it. But uh, there are smaller ones coming on board. Um, but when I say when I say smaller, we're talking you know twenty million dollar outfits. We're not talking you know hundred thousand dollar shed in the backyard. And to compete with the big boys, you know these are hundreds of millions of dollar fat. They're huge factories and. It's just takes so much money, and I understand they've got a bunch of overhead in these in the, in the great big packing houses. I, I understand they got a lot of overhead, and they are a good service for our country because they do employ a ton of people. But man, it, it sure stinks that 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 they just take every bit of profit out of this industry, every bit of it. And that's the sad part. I mean, you you guys work really hard. I mean, it kind of the why I'm going to lead into this like watching the, the TV show Yellowstone. It's very popular now. How true to that show is real ranching. I mean, are they really doing it well, right? I, I enjoy the show. I, I get a kick out of it, and I've watched every episode, and I do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, but it's 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 extremely far fetched. And you know, when they pull a calf out of a mama cow and it hits the ground and runs off, that's pretty far fetched. But <laughs> you know, it's it's fun to watch that kind of stuff, and it, it's interesting, and it's neat to to get. Uh, Kind of the Western heritage out there, and get a lot of people interested in it that aren't that don't live that lifestyle. But it, it's pretty cool. Not well, not very realistic, but pretty cool. Well, I think that, that that was one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you. And some people were saying, "Why are you going to talk to a beef guy?" And I said, "Well, the people who listen to our show have a better a better and greater understanding of where their food comes from." I mean, I was raised on a farm. We raised cows. We raised pigs. We raised horses. We did all that stuff. I, I remember watching uh, what I considered to be what I thought was going to be a pet, you know, end up going in the back of a trailer and coming back and butcher paper. So, you know, uh, I think for our listeners who, you know, get up to their elbows cleaning deer and hogs and turkeys and fish and everything else, they have a greater appreciation of what it takes uh, for you, somebody like you, out on your ranch to grow that cow and that beef and get it to the table. And I think that for the vast majority of other Americans who think that somehow or another that beef just raises itself on a piece of styrofoam underneath cellophane doesn't know what it is and the and the whole process of where it starts and how it ends. And they don't realize yeah. the work in it either. That's no, that, a lot well, of work. I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable amounts of work. I mean, an it's, interesting point of view on that is there's there's a lot of people in this country that enjoy gardening, whether it's a vegetable garden or maybe they just enjoy flowers and. They plant, they want to plant, let's talk about a vegetable garden, which I'm not, I'm not that guy, but they, people enjoy going out there and planting a seed, watering the seed, fertilizing it, keeping it weed free and watching that plant grow and grooming it and then having a final product to put on their table. And there's something to be said for that. Well, that's all we are as ranchers and, and uh, cattle feeders is I, I, I go out there and I look at these animals like those are my, those are my vegetables. And I, I bring them in at a young age. We, we, we have our own babies here. We buy some that are wean calves, but I want to take pride in that animal. I want to do as good of a job of taking care of it as I can. I want to provide a good life for it. I want to provide the proper nutrition, and I want that animal to be the best quality carcass I can I can provide when I'm done with it. And there's it's just a sense of pride that's involved with it. And the problem is within the cattle business is I'll be honest with you, we're all a bunch of dumbasses because we do it because we love it, and we do it for nothing. You know, if we would all take a stand and say, fine, we're not going to raise anymore, we're not going to sell anymore and, and get a hold of the market, that's how we can get a hold of this deal. But yeah. we all enjoy what we do. We like what we do. We, we love it. It's in our blood. And we're willing to do it for nothing. That's basically what it boils down to. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same mentality as a bull rider. 
Yeah, I was, I was actually going to say, uh, how do you guys blow off some steam? I see you do a lot of rodeo stuff. You got your own little rodeo team out there. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we we got a ranch here. We got a team roping arena, an inside arena, an outside arena. Um, I'm, I'm a contractor, also, and as as well as feeding beef. I, I can't I can't uh, live the lifestyle I'm living feeding beef. So I am a contractor, and that's kind of how I make my living. Um, and so that's what we do in our spare time is we team we team rope. I really like team rope. I've got two daughters in high school at high school rodeo that run barrels and poles and team rope and breakaway rope and all that. So we really enjoy the rodeo atmosphere. It's a family event. Um, it's kind of like you know some people like to go camping on the weekends. Well, that's kind of what rodeo is. You're camping in your horse trailer along with a bunch of other people, and but you get to do a sport you love. And, with an animal you love to be on the horses and that's so that, really cool it's just a great way to live if you ask me uh, you know i i'm a florida boy born and raised i'm I'm a more of the fisherman of the show i'm you know I'm, I'm on the water so i grew up you know doing the fishing i'm I'm slowly getting into the hunting side of the world Braden's uh showing me the light and taking me down the right path but i i all respect in the world i mean just just doing research and seeing how you guys do all the work you do. It's its tough, man. Yeah. Maybe you should get out there and put your hands up in a cow or something. Hey, I'll, I'll go out there. That'll yeah. work. Yeah. Well, well uh, listen, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you if there's a way that somebody, if they wanted to order some beef, can they do that through you? I know Vince asked, but can we do that? Yeah, you can do that. Go, um, basically, the easiest thing to do is go to Facebook, type in Henderson Ranch. You might type Meriden. It's actually Meriden, not Meridian. It's Meriden. I don't know if there's multiple Henderson ranches on there, but type in, type in Henderson Ranch Beef and send a Facebook message of uh, that you're interested in a, a half or a whole beef. Uh, get you the pricing information, and uh, we've got locker dates scheduled with our local lockers that'll process that beef for you. You'll get to choose how you want it cut up, how thick you want your steaks, how big of packages you want your hamburger, how many roasts you want. And I guarantee it'll be a lot better than what you get off the Well, I guarantee you, you're going to be hearing from me after the show because I want to put something together. And we'll put a link up on our Facebook page, too. But, Mr. Henderson, it was a pleasure to talk to you. You know, you're welcome to call the show anytime you want to. We'll help out any way we can. Again, go out to uh, Henderson Ranch. Look for it on Facebook. Mr. Dirk, thank you so much, buddy. Take care. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right, buddy. Thanks. Well, there's nothing else to say in the big and mild fast cast except, Burr. dang it, it's cold out here. Uh, as a Floridian, we're standing out here, and it's on those rare occasions where you can go <sighs> and see your breath. It's like, dude, I, oh, my gosh, I can see my breath. I'm not cold. You be quiet, Slick. You got that big old jacket yes. you've had since 19-aught-whatever. What, what's the temperature there? Uh, well, it's actually a little bit cooler. I think it's 72 in here. No, not inside <laughs> the studio. You <laughs> Thanks, jerk. <laughs> well, as we can attest to, we started out, it was around 54 degrees and a little bit spinny out here when we first got here. And now it's about uh, 40, 46, 47 degrees now. It has dropped in temperature quite a bit as we've been out here at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays for the Hooked on Hope sporting event. As you might be able to hear the gunshots in, uh, gunshots in the background. It is not the uh, Tet Offensive. It is just a bunch <laughs> of guys out here having a good time, raising money for uh, ladies who need the help. I mean, it's a good event. And I'll, I'm, I'm serious. If you can help out in any way, go to hookedonhope.org. And if you'd like to make a donation, you can. You can do it right there online. Or sign up early uh, for the fishing tournament or for this event next year or any other event. If you're a golfer, you can go do that. 
I think there's a chili cook-off or something. She's, She's got, got some food thing going She's, on. Go on her page is the best bet. Uh, yeah, I mean, go to Hooked on Hope, and you'll see uh, great ways to help out uh, anybody. And, I mean, I know that Lori would be the first one to tell you that I don't care who you are, cancer has affected somebody in your life somewhere yeah. down the line. I mean, uh, I have friends of mine, uh, family members who've gone through it. Uh, I mean, everybody knows somebody who's had to go through this. And and talking with the young ladies over by the fire during the interview, uh, it's amazing just how much stuff they have to go through. And I'm being generous when I say stuff because yeah. it is – it's a pain, man. It is a pain. Not only are you fighting this disease, but you're fighting everything else around you. You know the cool part, too? Their spirits are so high. And they're just walking around here with a big old smile like nothing's going on in the world. Well, yeah, because. And, and I, I, I commend that a lot. Yeah, it's a good you, thing. When you have stuff like that hit you and hit you hard, you know, you, you can do one or two things. You can go really dark or you can you know, be the light. That's right. Yeah, and I know that uh, Jeremy can attest to that. And, I, you know, I wanted to tell you, uh, you know, Jeremy is a friend of ours. And, of course, he's a manager in the firearms department over at G5, a good buddy of mine. But I'd be a jerk if I didn't mention the fact that Jeremy's also a broadcaster Uh-oh. on his own show. Uh-oh. And, and I wanted to put that out there before we get out of here and get ramped up and got to start talking really fast. But Jeremy himself has got a, a podcast that he does out through his church that is a really good podcast. And it really, for a newbie and for a couple of other guys that sit around there in the worst studio you've ever seen in your life. Oh, it's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. But it's your typical, you know, uh, you know, wood grain background. Oh, is, there, is, there, is there a carpet on the wall? No, no, no carpet on the wall. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. But but uh, Cherishing uh, Scripture is the name of the podcast. And uh, it's you, your pastor yeah. of your church, and another gentleman. I can't remember. Two, two other guys. Two other guys that yep. uh, you rotate through or one of them's a producer or yeah, something. Yeah, so one guy sits behind the um, our, our sound booth. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you, you put it up when? It's up every single. Fridays at 8. Fridays at 8 p.m. A.m. A.M. Fridays at 8 a.m. That'd be good to tell you. Yeah, but I think you record them ahead of time, don't you? you do yeah, that? so we usually sit and probably um, – on an afternoon, we probably record three or four, so we have enough to cover us for a certain amount of time. And then every week, I I edit one and put it out. How how long are the shows? They're um they're about thirty minutes to an oh, hour. That's perfect drive time for me to go to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know he really does a good thing. I I follow him on Facebook and I get his mo- notifications when he puts up a new uh, podcast episode and stuff. And I listen to about thirty seconds of it and then come in, <laughs> come into the come into the store and berate him on uh, what he did wrong on the whole thing. No, no, but uh, he really does a great job on it. And uh, uh, it's it's a Christian broadcast. It's not any denomination. You know, there's no uh, Latin being spoken or anything no else tongues. like that. And it's just mm-hmm. it's just straight off good Bible teaching discussions, and uh, if you uh, if you want one and you need a little spiritual uh, uplift, then I say go for it. Jeremy does a great job on it, and he's a good guy too. So uh, we support him and we wanted to help him out. One of the best episodes you need to go and listen to is what is it? God hates shrimp. Oh yeah. Got it. We kind of got in trouble with that one. I was going to say that was probably one of the most controversial <laughs> ones on there, and it was, and it was a great one. And now I'm intrigued. Now yeah. I have to go listen to that. We got a lot of got a lot of good responses. We got a lot of bad ones too. Like, just I mean, it's just a it's just a podcast. Like I said, we're not trying to we're not pushing beliefs on anyone. Where um, we just wanted to share truth, 
you know, our nation has been lied to for the past year and a half. And Bill George and I were just talking. He says, when have they not lied to you? So we're here just to tell you the truth. And, 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 and they covered some great topics. It's not just, you know, uh, some uh, pastor standing up in the front of the church telling you uh, his lesson or, or whatever it is for that week. You act, They actually break down certain things. And I know you just did a – what was the one you were doing it on Proverbs, I think? Uh, was that the one you were just doing? What was the one you just did? Right now we're doing the overreach of a pastor. Yeah. We're talking about um, people who uh, – pastors who abuse their pastoral authority. Yeah. That's um, so we're doing a little series on that. But, yeah, we did um, – It's not your typical Christian bo- uh, podcast, but I would say. But at the end of the day, though, you, we all need a little spiritual in our life. We all need a little Jesus. Yep. I know I do. <laughs> the things you can't say in church – we say in the podcast, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not cussing, but you know, not really cussing or anything but like that. That'd be really interesting. Like for me, I'm I'm a Christian. Am I a practicing Christian? Not as much as I should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in God. I believe in the Spirit. I believe in all that. But I have a hard time with churches with the you know, the hundred thousand dollar stereo system. Yeah, the pastor's up there wearing a Rolex, and you're asking me for money. Yeah, this from a Catholic, and, and I'm a Catholic. That's the stuff <laughs> yeah. that we're attacking. We're taking on. You know, I we grew up. Bill George is just a heathen. He's the one who needs the help. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably the most spiritual one of the group here. That was no, no. He's Amish, half Amish. I will say, Braden, Braden has me top there. Anytime yeah. we go out to lunch or dinner, what's the first thing we do? Well, let's do grace. I we mean, sit down uh, and do gra- I, but that doesn't happen anymore today. today. Uh-huh. Oh, I do it. It's because people are ashamed. They're, they're afraid of what people are going to think. Oh, I hope I it starts a fight. That's me. You know yeah. me. I'm hoping. It, I hope somebody will come up and say something nasty to me. Yeah. Then yeah. I get. Then I get to go on the bad side of Braden. Yeah, I mean, not to, yeah. <laughs> the bouncer side of me. Yeah. Let's like, write a song. But like you were, you know, you were mentioning, and I don't want to, you know, keep talking about mine because this is your guys' show, but. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, I grew up with a lot was we always heard that it was wrong to, you know, being, this is being preached. It's wrong for you to go to movie theaters. It's wrong for you to wear shorts. It's wrong for you to wear, you do this and this and that. And I've read that book forward and backwards and I've never found anything that tells me that. No, wait, how's flip-flops wrong? Jesus wore sandals. (laughs) They believe it though. (laughs) But you know, the the other thing (laughs) that I think, I think what this goes to when you say it's our show and all this stuff, we're an outdoor show. And I literally think, because ever since I was a little kid, and I, I know that this has been passed down from generation to generation, the first deer I ever killed, you know, there's a certain thing that you're supposed to do mm-hmm. when you to show respect for the animal yeah. and say and say thank you to the good Lord for or for bringing us this bounty that yeah. we're putting in the freezer. It's not just going out and killing. I think for the most part, I think a lot of people um, have gotten away from that tradition or those yeah. traditions that used to be handed down were spirituality and hunting almost went hand in hand it goes with fishing degree. too fishing every time, I, every time I take a fish I, I i thank it because you know what you're feeding me and my family well and well i mean jesus did do there's a, little a fishing. lot of hunters that'll tell you <laughs> yeah. some of the best times they've gotten alone with god is in the woods yeah. we all say that yeah and and i'll bring it up that i learned this word from les mcdowell that there's this certain time in the in the morning and bill could tell you this when there's going from from the night to the day yep lester actually had a word for that transition he called it don's early yeah and he used to think that was from the national anthem by don's early light yeah get it <laughs> and he thought don's early what a pretty word to describe the the transition between the light and uh, from the darkness to the light when everything is quiet for just that 
Yeah. Um, for a minute, it could be 30 seconds, or it could be as long as 10 minutes where Same thing on the, water. the night things yeah, are asleep is. and the day things haven't quite woken up yet, and yeah. there's just this I've never, stillness. That's this just past under- year is the first time I've ever gotten to go hunting, ever. I'm not, I've never been a hunter. Um, working at G5 is the first time being introduced to that type of stuff. So I got to go hunting for the first time this year or last year, and I was sitting in the woods and just slowly watching the sunrise and then hearing those birds and tweeting. It's just, it just makes you, it's just peaceful. It, it gives you that moment of clarity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and now like he's ruined for life because now he's like, hey, do you think Bill George will take me out this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the same thing when I'm on the water. You yeah. Know, you get out oh, there at 4 dude, o'clock in the morning you. and then all of a sudden you, know, you we used to, when watch I was, that sun uh, come up. When I was in high school and it was a summer night or whatever, uh, we used to go out to the Skyway and stay out all night long. I'm talking about from night all the way to sunrise. Oh, we all, yeah, we do. the best that. thing in the whole entire world. It's, it's the most peaceful, just sur- you, surreal. It's a healing thing. No, I really do. I think it is. But I think that, uh, again, going back to what I was saying about the, the spirituality link between the hunter and the prey and everything else that you go through. Native Americans did it. The Germans did it. Most hunting cultures had something that would do where you would say thank you to mm-hmm. whatever whatever they had it back then or what they have today. But, yeah. I mean, I literally, I taught it to my kids. My dad taught it to me. I don't know about Bill George. Again, he's a heathen, so I don't know what he what he know. He probably gets out there and kicks it while it's on the ground. I don't know. Well, <laughs> make sure it's dead. Nature know? and outdoors is one way to show proof that God is existing. I mean, the Bible literally says that the skies – and and all of this shows his shows who he is. Yeah. And it's just it's just it's a beautiful you know we have a good planet and we have a good um, good uh, earth that he's given us. And Th- this this world's that. a lot better than most people think it is. We get fed too much crap all day long. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Stay away from the news and just go listen to Charity <laughs> Fisher podcast. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you the truth. It was plugged right there. Yeah, but you know I, I invited him on a, a show uh, multiple times. Of course, he has to work on Saturday, so he can't really come in and go. But so this is the first time we've actually had to have him on. It's been great having him on the show. But, yeah, and uh, it's the, fun. And the thing is, is uh, you know, I have volunteered to go over and be on his show, and of course, I get a no. I didn't say that. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah, I'll call you." No, mainly because I think don't you, you do it on Wednesdays? You do it on Wednesdays. I do it on Sundays yeah. afternoons. Yeah, yeah, Sunday afternoons or Wednesdays, and so I, you know, I got the kids, and I'm running around doing all that stuff. So it's it's kind of hard to get over to Plant City back over there to do that kind of thing, but. but but again, where can they find it? I mean, you got a website, you got a Facebook, you got all that stuff. Yeah, so, so we do have a website. It's cherishingscripturepodcast.com. Um, we do have almost every social media platform you can think of Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, and then uh, you can watch them on YouTube. You can listen on our website or listen to on just about. Say the website again, but slower. Cherishing Scripture Podcast. Dot com. Yeah, that's and, pretty uh, easy. You oh. can uh, any, even on any um, any uh, pat, pl- uh, podcast platform, you can listen on to it. Too. It's like iTunes, um, Google Play, and something like that. Yeah. But, well, uh, I know that I think that uh, before we get out of here, uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I thank you for uh, coming in and helping us out this morning, and thank you for all you do, and thank you for your podcast. I literally, that's one of those ones where I I pray that it actually becomes extremely successful. And I know there's a lot of people out there who uh, who really need what you do. And you do a good job at it. You're a young guy who's uh, going to have a, a long, good – if you stick with it, because most podcasts, you know, you get out there, I mean, how much can you talk about Xbox? But, I mean, <laughs> uh, I think yours will, will probably go for a long time, and that's a good thing. Because yeah. we really do. As Vince said, we get fed so much crud uh, every day. 
I don't care what you listen to, talk radio, anything, even this show. I yeah. mean, seriously, it's just it's it's refreshing. It really is. And it's not your typical structured as Vince pointed out, you know, some guy up there just telling read, read you the Bible talking yeah. to you. Yeah. You know, it's it's a good thing. But, so good on you. Yep. And as you add to your hunting list, I want you to turn around and work on getting on a hog dog hunt. Yeah. Because Oh, you got to do that. When when you turn around and you go out Nowadays, our hunting, a lot of times people go, they run out to the woods, they hunt, they come around back home. There's no social aspect to it. But when you go out with a group of people with a dog and you're hunting with nothing but a knife and a rope or something like yeah. that, you're going as primitive as a hog. You gotta, I mean, you it's you, the <laughs> dog, your buddies, and you're running through the woods. It, it's a feeling like you wouldn't believe, yeah. and and you're still young enough. You can still do it without doing <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> you got you, you got to do what I did. We went out over by the big green swamp. Yeah, had this big old mud bogged dogs and a spear. That's it. Really? As soon as the dogs, you had you know the chase dogs and the, the keep dogs or catch dog. Yeah. Keep that hog corralled. You flip that sucker over. Bow. Right, yeah. right in the heart. You want to do something? Awesome. You want to do something that crazy? Awesome. Talk to that man right there sitting back there. Brooksy <laughs> <laughs> Hall will drag your butt through the nastiest crud on the planet <laughs> to go get some of them stinky porkers, man. That man right there will drag you through. Kicking and screaming. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for all tuning in, man. Believe me, go do yourself a favor. Go to hookedonhope.org. Help yep. out. Volunteer. Donate, do whatever, sign up for another event. It's coming up soon. Lori's got the fishing tournament. She's working hard at it already. We'll see you guys next Saturday. Thanks for everything. See you guys. WHS.